0: Well, amen. Uh, just a reminder about the Christmas offering, uh, uh, Brother Deloto, uh We we just before I even knew he was going to be here tonight, we decided that part of our Christmas offering was going to go to them to help them get set up out there in Santa Barbara. Um, so. Uh, so again, we'll, we'll see what, what all comes in and, and split that up different ways. But uh, so that's one of the works. And I'll try to let you know each of the services something that we're thinking about uh, sending our Christmas offering to Word. So, so we figure they're, they're super wealthy out there, and once he gets some tithers, maybe they can take on, us on for support. Um, uh, so, <laughs> so. Amen. Praise the Lord, brother. Uh, again, what, a, what an example, a testimony that uh, we need more churches and um, so many people and just, just, uh, I think we heard the quote not too long ago, Pastor, Pastor Hawkins, the idea of, uh, do you suppose God just isn't calling people or do you suppose people just aren't listening? you suppose people just aren't listening? Or maybe the the noise of the world is is yelling a little more loudly, and we don 't have people tuned into that still small voice so anyway let 's go to uh, matthew sixteen twenty four matthew sixteen twenty four so we, we it was a little while ago we got together and we we're talking about uh, discipleship, and what does it mean to follow christ and Matthew uh, 16, 24 uh, says, If if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So last time we were looking at this, we kind of tackled that first part. Let him deny himself. Let him deny himself. The idea of I belong to Jesus and I want everyone to know. I belong to Jesus and I want everyone to know the idea of belonging, deny myself. So I, I shared, uh, my, my neighbor passed away back in the fall and, and my, my wife and my mother-in-law was, they were able to visit her in the hospital and see her get saved and then and she went home to be with the Lord the next morning. So we were in Laporte, and the funeral director was there and we did a service at the graveside and, and I got out, I, I drove separately, Mr. Ramus came, and a group, uh, Titus and some of them, they all jumped out. And when our vehicle came up, and he saw, it, so it was the, one of our vans, and he saw, oh, Baptists. And he goes, I knew you were Baptists. Uh, I could just tell you were clean cut. You were clean cut. Uh, so he said before, I, I just, something told me. And, and really, we, we want it to be that people can just look at it and just say, ah, oh, well, I, I suspect. Um, and and the, the, there are some cults that know how to be clean-cut looking. And so just, just people are watching. Let me, let me see if what, something about how they look causes me to suspect, and then, yep, yep, they belong to Jesus. And so that idea of denying, I belong to Jesus, and I want everyone to know. And then the, the second part there. It says, take up his cross. Let him deny himself and take up his cross. And so taking up your cross can mean a lot of things. Uh, but I, I kind of started, I looked at the, fa- the, the facet of being yoked up with Jesus. Uh, 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 where where he, he, he talks about, um, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Take my yoke upon you. Be, be yoked up with me in this life. So not only you want people to know you belong to me, but, but I am being built up. I belong to him and I'm being built up by him. And so the idea there is I'm yoked up and what, what happens when you're yoked up with Christ? He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Learn of me. So being, I think part of being a disciple is, boy, that person belongs to Christ. But we're, we're in an ongoing Bible study. Learning of him. Learning from the master himself. I'm being built up. I belong to Jesus. I'm being built up by Jesus. The last part of that verse says, uh, and follow me. Follow me. And we know what happens when you follow him. Follow me and I will make you be fishers of men. So following him will result in being busy. We'll, 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 we'll occupy till he comes will occupy till he comes. Following Christ results in busyness. So if you're not part of soul winning, you're not following Christ. Because it says, follow me, and I, and, and I will make you to be fishers of men. You're like, well, I don't do it. You're not following him like you should. Follow me, and I will make you to be Fishers of men, so uh, follow me. I'm busy for Jesus, so I belong to Jesus. I'm being built up by Jesus. I'm learning of him, and I'm busy for Jesus. So busy for Jesus, we'll, we'll, we'll hit that on, on a, one of our next upcoming Thursday evenings. But, but for today, we're gonna look at that second one. I'm, I'm being built up by Jesus. I'm, I'm yoked up with Jesus, and I'm learning of Him, I'm learning of him. So of course that verse, if you don't have that marked, uh, that verse, uh, uh, taking our yoke, his yoke upon us, that's there in Matthew 11, 29 and following. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly of heart and ye shall find rest unto your souls. So tonight, uh, are you being built up? A disciple is one that's being built up. Being built up by Jesus. Are you learning of him? Are you learning from him? Or do you feel like you've arrived? I've gotten there. Now I, I teach music theory. And I've taught music theory for years. And I don't study anymore. I, I, it's almost it's a curiosity. If I see something on, on music theory, I'm like, oh, let me see what their take on things are. But really, I can take my music theory book and stay ahead of the students uh, adequately well. And so, and I'll, 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 I'll study here and there, but for the, for the most part, I'm like, ah, oh, I, got, I got, it's certainly not a high priority because I know the topic well enough to help the students. But is, it, is that how we are with Christianity? I used to study, but I feel like I know the topic well enough now. I don't study. Well, is, is, is Christianity something, a list of things, uh, a, list, a list of catechisms? Or is it a person that I walk with? And my study of that person and my study of his precious word will never come to an end. Study to show yourself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We study. And it shouldn't be that oh, I used to study, but I know the topic fairly well now. Oh, man, don't be like me and music theory. <laughs> Don't the topic of the Lord walking with Him, learning of Him, being yoked up with Him? It should, it should get sweeter and deeper the more we go forward. Let's pray and we'll look at these things. Lord, we love you and I pray that you bless uh, these, these ideas that we'll, we'll, we'll look at tonight. I, I pray that you'd help us to, Lord, maybe, maybe we're guilty tonight. Maybe we've thought, oh, Christianity, I used to study, but I know the topic fairly well now. I don't really have to study it much anymore. Lord, it's not a topic. It's a person. Help us to remember that. And Lord, maybe tonight we're not yoked up like we should be in learning of the, the person of the Lord Jesus. Maybe we're not being built up. Maybe we used to be, but something has cooled. But I pray that tonight we would say, well, i got to get back to learning of him Being yoked up with him, learning of him. I want want everyone to know I belong to him. I want to be being built up by him. And I'm looking forward to to, to studying, uh, being busy for him. Lord, help us tonight. We ask these things in Christ's precious name. Amen. Learn of me, learn from me, gain instruction from me. Um, How much is taught? How much is caught? Sometimes you learn from somebody by listening to them. Sometimes you learn from somebody only by walking with them. Seeing how they talk to other people. I want my children to learn how to talk to their spouses someday by how they listen to dad. Talk to his, his wife, their mother. Right? So it shouldn't be that. All right, kids. Let's, let me give you a list of do's and hopefully I'm living out the do's and don'ts that they're learning. How much is caught? How much is taught? And really, we get the opportunity to walk with the Lord every single day. How much are we taking advantage of that? Not just a quick little devotion and then into the car and the radio is on for the news and, and we're listening to just that little bit of time. No, every chance I get, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get some, some preaching. I'm trying to get some teaching. I'm trying to pray through some things. I want to spend some time on my knees and, and some of you can't do it anymore. Do it until you can't. (laughs) But then metaphorically, be on those knees as best you can and and spend time with God. How much is caught? How much is taught? Oh, there's so much, I think, that is caught as you walk with him and study him, Um, Listen to him. Learn from him. Watch him with those eyes of faith. Walk with him. You can't be a soul winner without him, right? I used to need you. No, he says, follow me, and I will make you to become a fisher of men. I used to need to follow you, but now I can win souls on my own. It doesn't work that way. you got to keep following him, and he makes you to be the soul winner you're supposed to be. Go through the Gospels. Again, we're studying, what, how, how, how do I learn of him? Go through the Gospels as though you're a disciple, Walk with Christ through the, through the Gospels. Take time to take it all in. Uh, we, we think of uh, there in Matthew 9, uh, Jesus uh, used an event that was unfolding in front of him to teach him some things. Uh, 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 Mr. Reinhardt will do a current event in the school. He'll say, hey, listen, this is what's going on. And we as Christians, this is what we should think about it, and this is what we should do about it. And that's a wonderful thing. This is what's going on. Here's how to think, and here's what to do. That's a wonderful thing that he does for our students. Um, And and Jesus, the pattern is right there in Scripture, uh, in Matthew 9, 36 and 38. But when he saw the multitudes... He was moved with compassion because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. So that's what was going on. He saw they were fainting as sheep having no shepherd. And so he took the opportunity to say, Disciples, here's how I want you to think and here's what I want you to do. All right, so that was the situation. What did he tell them how to think? He said, Then said he unto his disciples, The harvest is plenteous but the laborers are few. He said, that's how I want you to think. Look at these souls. Oh, that there were more people concerned for these souls. Like a brother Delodel, concerned for these souls. Uh, Tom Ross, uh, he was just imploring, sent me an email. He says, hey, as, as as you train people and they go out, don't forget California.'" Don't forget California. I know there's needy places, the Armacost. There's needy places everywhere, but, but, but don't forget this need. Uh, Brother Hawkins was with us and he, and he passed out a long, long, long list of cities around him without a, a gospel preaching church. The need is out there. So Jesus, he said, this is what's going on. Here's how I want you to think. And then next, he says, and this is what I want you to do. What did he say next? So Matthew nine thirty eight, Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Boy, you, you, I'm telling you, you pray that prayer and you'll think, I gotta get out there. You pray, you, you be obedient here. You be obedient, begging God. Oh, God, and it, and it will feel strange. You're telling him about the harvest. <laughs> You're really agreeing with him. You're like, oh, Lord, the harvest is plenteous. Oh, won't you send laborers? Boy, and, 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 and you feel like, I feel strange telling God that because he told me, but, but then he tells me to tell him and ask him for laborers. But boy, it, it, it takes that heart and tunes it into his heart. And something inside of you says, oh God, I have to go. Lord, I want my kids involved in this. It's so tempting to, to want to hold our kids back and protect them from the things of God. Israel did, did it, didn't they? Oh, we can't go into the promised land. Our, our children, they'll be in danger. And again, you're not going to do right because you're going to protect your kids. And God says, oh, well then all. I'll send you back into the wilderness and I'll kill every one of you and I'll bring them in instead. Again, you don't protect your kids from God's will. And God wants us saying to, to pray ye therefore. And when you beg God, oh God, the harvest. And it, it, will, it will cause you to turn off that worldly entertainment. It will cause you to, to assess where am I wasting time? Because the, the harvest, the harvest, Lord, and you're begging the Lord to send people to the harvest. And then something, he said, Lord, I, I got to get out there. Brother Johnson, again, he shows me a text from his neighbor. Hey, I've been working on my neighbor. They, they tuned in virtually to the concert and they enjoyed it. Hey, uh, just a little bit step, a little bit closer to being able to reach them for Christ. Boy, you'll pray that prayer. He'll tune you in. Uh, I think sometimes we see that sign. Uh, There's a a billboard. I used to see it on 94, and they'll say, put your kids in our school. Um, uh, We don't teach students what to think. We teach them how to think. And you're like, oh, that sounds pretty good. Um, You know, maybe a little bit like Fox, they claim. They're like, we report, you decide. You know, they're pretending to have no bias, but us human beings, we always have a bias. But the truth is, it, it, it sounds good, but... That's not how God operates. He does tell us what to think. This school, we don't teach our students what to think. We teach them how to think. And it's good to know how to think. But when God says something, end of discussion. When He tells you what to think, and then He told them what to do about it. Here's what's going on. Here's how you're going to think about it. Here's what you're going to do about it. That's part of being a disciple. When you're yoked up with Christ. And you're learning Of him. There were times that the disciples asked him a question. Uh, There in Matthew 24, uh, verses 3 through 4. He sat upon the Mount of Olives. The disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, what shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them. So this is Matthew 24. He's about to go into the Olivet discourse. But they came to him and said, please teach us this. We were having staff meetings today. So I asked Pastor Olson, Pastor Olson, would you open us in prayer as we discuss some things in our meetings today? And I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was something along the lines of, Lord, we don't know everything, and you do. Please guide us. Please help us. Please guide us. So uh, I think it's a good example for us to often, often say, Lord, my mind, my brain is so tiny and you know so much. Thank you for knowing everything. Lord, I need your help. I just don't know what to do, but you do. Please help me. Do you, you pray that prayer very much? I think that's part of, are you being built up by him? Sometimes Christ would say, hey, come here, I have something to teach you. And he still does that, doesn't he? But again, we got to beware that attitude of, oh, I, I, oh, that's for other people. I, I know that topic fairly well. I, I don't need to study anymore. When Christ ca- calls, other, that, that's for the new believer, the, the people that aren't as advanced as me. But he called the disciples unto him and He had truth to impart there in the Sermon on the Mount uh, that was delivered to his disciples, Matthew 5, 1 and 2. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came unto him and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying. All right, so Jesus would have things to teach them. Are you paying attention? Or is it a topic you think, oh, I know that fairly well? I don't need to learn any more. Mark 4, 34. But without a parable spake he not unto them. And when they were alone, he expounded all things to his disciples. Again, Dr. Vogelin, uh, he's he's going through the Scriptures, going through the Scriptures, going through the Scriptures, and going through the Scriptures. You, You say, well, how many trips through the book do you need? As many as I can get. As many as I can get. Um, uh, when they were alone, he expounded all things unto his disciples. Again, Brother Hawkins was talking about that alone time, right? Get into the closet and shut the door. He said, when they were alone, getting alone with Christ. Not, 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 uh, it's good to listen. It's good to, hey, I do this and I try to have this going and I try to multitask. No, shut down those other things and, and just tune into him Alone. When they were alone, he expounded all things unto his disciples. That's a fun word. He expounded. The idea there is to loose what had been previously fastened or entangled as a knot. Uh, sometimes there are truths. You ever have that moment where, where somebody starts to talk and you're like, bing, the light bulb finally comes on and you're like, oh, I've been curious about that for a while. Finally. That's what that means. Uh, so he expounded uh, things that in your mind have been swirling. You're like, I'm just not, I'm not sure about all those connections. And then uh, again, you just spend that time with the Lord and he, he looses that which has been, had been previously fastened or entangled as a knot. The parables were enigmatic, mysterious. Jesus used them to hide truth from some, the hard-hearted and reveal truth to others those with hearts toward him. So again, we follow Christ, and we see with the disciples that Jesus had powerful, powerful things to teach. Um, So they they felt like they knew the Scriptures fairly well uh, to some degree, but Jesus was going to help challenge what they thought they knew, clarify what they thought they knew, and in in some cases change what they thought they knew. Are you humble as you approach the, your time with God? Lord, if there's anything that I need challenged on, please help me. If there's anything I need clarification on, please help me. And if there's something I flat need changing on, please help me. Uh, so there he was as, as he talked to them about his death Matthew 16, 21 through 22, from that time forth Jesus began to show unto his disciples how that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him. Do you suppose that if Peter was uncomfortable with what he was giving, do you suppose a real disciple would be uncomfortable? Oh, that flies in the face with what I thought I knew. Do you have those moments? Do you have those moments that flies in the face with what I thought I knew? Don't be comfortable with what you think you know. Constantly be going to the Lord and say, Lord, if what I think I know isn't accurate, please change it. Peter took him again, began to rebuke him. Uh, he, he taught them uh, lessons that, that, that really challenged them uh, regarding their place and position in the kingdom. Um, uh, uh, we, we, I, I don't know, I, somebody tells the story I think it's Brother Betrell tells the story of, I think it's Muhammad Ali the, I'm the greatest, I'm the greatest and I think, I think he was getting on the airplane or something like that he's getting on the airplane and the stewardess said, sir you're going to have to buckle your seatbelt <laughs> and he's like, uh, oh seatbelts, Superman don't need no seatbelt and she said, Superman don't need no airplane." But but again, again we we just crave glory, we crave we we want his and of course there they were uh, the, the disciples uh, Matthew eighteen one through five and at the same time came the disciples unto Jesus saying who is the greatest you know and they're you know. I can just see him right there, you know, doing their Muhammad Ali, you know, just loosening up, uh, floating there like a whatever, uh, like a butterfly, uh, ready to sting like a, or whatever. I might be getting my boxers mixed up, I don't know. But who is the greatest? They're asking Jesus. And Jesus is going to teach them about humility. Do you suppose we need to climb into his presence and learn some things on humility sometimes? The disciples did. Well, that was them. Are you a disciple or not? Step into the shoes, step into the sandals. Of the disciples in scripture as they learned of Christ. And learn with them. Jesus called the little child unto him and set him in the midst of them. And they said, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children. Ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child. The same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus taught them about those things. Jesus taught them about the the potential danger of riches. Um, and again, it blew them away what Jesus was, it says here in Matthew 19, verses 23 through 26. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And because that, uh, that might scare Brother uh, Delodal. Because there's a lot of wealth in Santa Barbara. And it's going to be difficult, but God is sending him there. And, and there's going to be some people that are, you know... These riches, there's more to life than this. There just has to be. Jesus says, A rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again, I say unto you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, it blew them away. Oh, follow Christ and, and have his teachings challenge what you think you know on an ongoing basis. They were exceedingly amazed, saying, Who then can be saved? And, and praise God, Brother DeLoto, praise God. Then Jesus said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Rich men often look to themselves and it can be tough for them to recognize their need in their lives but god can still show them their need but again they were exceedingly amazed jesus taught them on giving they were ooing and awing most likely at the wealthy people that was giving matthew 12 or mark mark 12 41 through 44 jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury and many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow. And she threw in two mites which make a farthing. And I doubt the disciples noticed her. I doubt they even noticed her. They were probably ooing and awing at the, at the big money bags that were going in. And he called unto him his disciples. And saith unto him, Verily I say unto you that this poor widow has cast, hath cast more in. In heaven's economy, she gave more than the wealthy. That was pretty revolutionary, an idea to the disciples. Do you, do you, well, I'm pretty comfortable with my thoughts on giving. Don't be. Don't be comfortable with your thoughts on giving. Like the disciples, when he calls you near and says, let me, let me teach you something about giving. I have so enjoyed watching as God lays something on somebody's heart. And they're like, well, I I have this money in my pocket and he laid it on my heart to do this with it. It is so fun to see God do those things. When when they're comfortable with what God wants them to do with what's in their pocket, not what they're comfortable with doing with what's in their pocket. This poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury, for all they did cast in of their abundance, but she did cast of her want in all Uh, all that she had, even all her living. Worship and giving involves sacrifice. The well-off folks were dropping in what may have seemed like decent amounts, but it wasn't sacrifice for them. Jesus is trying to teach real disciples the difference. Worship will involve some sacrifice. Worship will involve some sacrifice. Teaching on what truly is a blessing, he he taught the disciples. Again, sometimes we don't know what a blessing is, do we? And sometimes God opens our eyes when we can say, uh, oh, I don't know, I I suppose you guys have done it, have you? Sometimes we're here all the time, and so we don't see the, the blessings that God has given us here. Do you ever just walk outside and you just go out and you just, you kind of maybe walk out the back doors and you just look and you go, "Wow. We're really blessed." I just don't see it all the time. That's what a disciple needs to, "Oh Lord, I I don't see the blessings. Oh Lord, open my eyes of faith." Teach me what a real blessing is. Teach me what a real blessing is. Brother Ramus loaded up a van today and, and went, and, and they and they went out to Illinois to Pastor Kuntz and, and they gave the gospel and they, they played music for some older folks and, and just the opportunity to share Christ. Uh, but, but did you do anything productive? Lord, teach me what the true blessings in this life really are. Luke 10, 23 through 24, he turned him unto his disciples and said privately, blessed are the eyes which see the things that ye see. For I tell you that many prophets And kings have desired desired to see those things which ye see and have not seen them and to hear those things which ye do hear and have not heard them. You can take for granted being able to walk literally in the company of Christ. Lord, if they were taking that for granted, what am I taking for granted today? Teach me what a blessing truly is. Luke 10, verses 19 and 20. Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. Oh, that'll impress people. And over all the power of the enemy, and and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Oh, that'll be neat. People will ooh and ah at me. He says, notwithstanding, in this rejoice not. Oh, well then what should I rejoice in? That spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice Because your names are written in heaven. Oh, how many times do we overlook that blessing, the greatest of all? My name is written in heaven. Oh, Lord, help me never forget how blessed I am. Oh, he taught on religious leaders, Luke 12, 1. Beware of their hypocrisy. Luke 20, verses 45 through 47. Uh, uh, religious leaders that d- devour widows' houses and for a show make long prayers. Um, uh, again, in this world, uh, uh, the people who are looked up to in this world as religious leaders uh, are often people that live to be looked up to. And knowing the difference between those that actually uh, are desirous of promoting the cause of Christ. He taught them on offenses. Uh, Luke 17, one through two, then said he to his disciples, it is impossible but that offenses will come, but woe unto him through whom they come. So he's like, listen, offenses will come, but don't be the person that's that's offensive. Again, when when we were in college, we like to quote, right? Psalm 119, 165. The great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. That was our verse. That was our get out of free card so you could offend somebody. And and then when they were offended, you got to tell them they were ungodly. On top of that, you know, great peace have they that love thy law. So not only, you know, did I have the opportunity to offend you, but I can offend you doubly by telling you that you don't have peace about being offended so you don't love God's law. Double whammy. So God does say offenses will come, but woe. Be unto them through whom they come. it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he cast into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Oh, and so many things. Uh, John, he, he taught them on true faith. John six fifty three and following, then Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, ye have no life in you. Whoso eateth My flesh and drinketh My blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him at that last day. For My flesh is meat indeed, and My blood is drink indeed. He that eateth My flesh and drinketh My blood dwelleth in Me, and I in him. As the living Father has sent Me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth Me, he even he shall live by Me. This is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna, and are dead he that eateth of this bread shall live forever these things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum many therefore of his disciples when they heard this said this is a hard saying who can hear it when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it he said unto them doth this offend you doth this offend you now this is different than being offensive (laughs) just to uh, uh, you know sometimes we're ungodly and that offends people Jesus was never ungodly now, there's a, there's a right way to, the gospel must offend. The gospel itself must offend. You aren't fit for heaven without Christ's saving blood. At first, that's an offensive message. And Jesus was talking to them and, and teaching on true faith. And he turns to his disciples, um, Doth this offend you? Truth was offensive um, what and if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before it is the Spirit that quickeneth the flesh profiteth nothing the words that I speak unto you they are spirit and they are life but there are some of you that believe not for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him he said therefore I said I unto you that no man can come unto me except that it were given unto him of my Father and, that, uh, and that t- from that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of life. So Peter saying, The truth is offensive at times. But a disciple realizes that I need to be offended by the truth. Because only thou hast the words of life. And we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Ah, I belong to Jesus and I want everyone to know. Tonight, I'm being built up with Jesus. Currently, I'm yoked up with him. I've taken his yoke upon me and I'm learning of him. No, I haven't gotten my head wrapped around the topic enough to the point where I can quit learning of him. That day will never come. Oh, help me not to lie to myself and say that day is here. Oh God, the study of the person of the Lord Jesus can never be at an end. Even on into eternity, I look forward to getting to know him better and better and better and better. By the way, some of the truths that Jesus gave them, they weren't ready for. Later on, there were things that clicked. That might be even true as you, as you take the Bible and you study and you go, I don't, I'm not even sure what's going on here. But keep getting that truth in you. Keep getting that truth in you. There will be some things you get and then the other things, Lord, but keep getting that truth in you because God in his timing, he helps truth to click in just the right time. He did that for his disciples. Listen to this. John 2.22 When therefore he was risen from the dead, the disciples remembered that he had said this unto them and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had said. By faith, get the word into you. Keep getting the word into you. Keep, and he's like, ah, there's this. I keep getting the word into you. And by faith, know that in his timing, He will open your eyes to the truths you need at just the right time. Keep getting that word into you. John 12, 16. These things understood not his disciples at the first. But when Jesus was glorified, then remembered they that these things were written of him, that they had done these things unto him. They remembered the word. Oh, by faith, keep getting the word into you. Keep getting the word into you. Never stop getting the word into you. And think, Lord, I'm looking forward to you opening my eyes to the truth at just the right time. Are you a disciple? There are some things, Lord, challenge what I think I know. Clarify what I think I know. And possibly change what I think I know day by day. So that I know more about what you want me to know as a disciple. I want to be yoked up with you and learning of you today and for the rest of time. Lord, I do pray that you bless these thoughts. I pray you bless... Uh, it's a short time of invitation, Lord, I pray that you'd move in hearts. We thank you for your goodness to us. Help us to be the right type of disciple. Help us to be learning of you, Lord. Oh, there are some things I really don't have to study much anymore. I've, I've got my head decently wrapped around those things, but, oh God, may it never be that one of those topics is you, oh God. Help us with these things, I ask in Christ's precious name. Amen. Would